0: you have your Bibles, grab them quickly. We're going to flip to the Gospel according to John. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and and John. It's according to the self-proclaimed disciple that Jesus loved. That's how he talked about himself throughout the book of John. The one whom Jesus loved. What an incredible revelation that John had. There's so many of us that struggle with knowing that Jesus loves us. And man, when we struggle with that, everything else in our life becomes a struggle. And so, man, I, I'm, I'm telling you today, man, you can take that upon yourself today. The one who Jesus loves. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Come on, he loves you. <clears throat> he proved his love for you in this while yet you were still a sinner. Christ died for you. John chapter 5, we're gonna start in verse 1. This is what it says, after these things. After these things, after John chapter 4, John chapter 5 comes, and John chapter 4, I don't have time to go into all of it, but Jesus just performed all these miracles. He just met with the Samaritan woman at the well, and he, 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 he reveals that he is the living water. That's what he reveals to her, and then after these things. There was a feast of the jews and jesus went up to jerusalem now there is in jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in hebrew bethsaida having five porticos, five porches verse three says right here come on someone shout right here right here here. it's it's significant it's marking a spot it's marking a moment it's it's marking right here right here lay a multitude of those who are sick blind limping paralyzed waiting for the moving of the waters verse 4 says for an angel of the lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water whoever then first after the stirring up of the water stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted verse 5. now a man was there who had been ill for 38 years Jesus, upon seeing this man lying there and already knowing that he had already been in that condition for a long time, says to him, Do you want to get well? Do you want breakthrough? Do you want to change? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus says, you get up. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, you get up. He says, you get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. And immediately, shout immediately, immediately, the man became well picked up his pallet and began to walk father we thank you for your word we thank you for it and I pray today God that you would reveal through it this miracle of breakthrough in Jesus name there's so many things in our life God that's trying to bind us and I speak the breakthrough power of Jesus to be revealed to us in this place right here right now we invite you, Holy Spirit, have your way, have your way. Come on, before you're seated, I want you to tell your neighbor, say this, say, right here, I will receive my breakthrough. Tell them. say, right here, I will receive my breakthrough. Let's jump into the word of God. Are you guys okay with that? <clears throat> come on, did you guys come ready for a word this morning? How many of you came ready for a breakthrough? Come on. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and I'm even talking to those who are tuning in online. Man, we got people from Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, Florida, Ohio, who are tuning in with us. If you're ready, put it in the chat, I'm ready. And for those of you who are in-house, if you're ready, shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it one more time. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen. I can feed off of you, I promise. I will preach better if you talk to me, okay? This ain't supposed to just be me talking to you. You're supposed to help me preach this. That's what the body does. We help each other. Amen. 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 But today's message is titled, The Miracle of Breakthrough. The Miracle of Breakthrough. Look at your neighbor. Say, right here, I will receive my breakthrough. There's a point of why I'm doing this to you. I promise. I'm going somewhere. Right here. I will receive my breakthrough. If you can't tell, I'm pretty excited to, to share this word. So literally this thing has been stirring for two solid weeks in my heart. And I'm gonna try to slow down to give it to you uh, very cleanly and not stumble over my words. Sometimes when I get excited, I get ahead of myself. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try really hard to slow down. But, but I'm really excited because I, I believe this, that God is about to bring breakthrough in our lives and in our church. I believe that. It's going to be a day for breakthrough in Jesus' name, man. Breakthrough in our health, breakthrough in our finances, breakthrough in our relationships. I'm believing for breakthrough today. And and, and I believe this, that, that God through his word today is going to reveal that we aren't supposed to just be idly sitting by waiting for Jesus to bring breakthrough. Hello. That, man, we're not supposed to be just sitting lazily begging God for breakthrough, that that we aren't supposed to be waiting on others to take us to our breakthrough, that we're not supposed to be trying to manipulate God for a breakthrough. That's not what we are to do. And so I'm believing right here. Someone shout right here, right here here, today. God's going to reveal this miracle of breakthrough to each and every one of us, which is so important. And here's why. John chapter 16, verse 33 says this. In this life, in this life, right here. Someone shout right here. In this life, you will face trials of many kinds. You'll face trials of many kinds, but take heart because I've, over, because I've overcome the world. In this life, you will face trials. Some versions say tribulations. Other versions say afflictions. Other versions say struggles. Because the Greek word for the word that our translation uses, trials, the Greek word for that word and all the other words is philipses. I won't even ask you to say it, but it's philipses, Which means all of those words that every other version or translation uses. See, it's an all encompassing word, philipses. It's a, it's a singular word, but it has a plurality meaning to it. It has multiple meanings to the word. And what we have to realize is, is here that the word of God is speaking in the word of God. See, see Revelation chapter 19. I don't know if you're aware of this. John the, the Revelator is called up into the third heavens. He's seeing Jesus high and lifted up. He's seeing him as king of kings and, and lord of lords. And he makes this statement. He said, and he... The name by which he is called is the word of God. Jesus being the he. See, Jesus is the living word of God. John 1, 1 says it this way. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. This is what it says. So, so, so right here, right? Right here, John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus speaks and he uses this word that's one word with a plurality meaning, philipsis, Philipse's, And the reason he uses this word is because he didn't want to to use a singular word dealing with a singular situation or a singular person. See, he he wanted to to speak to, to not just one certain person dealing with one certain situation. He wanted all of us to know and all people to know who are dealing with all kinds of issues and problems and situations that he's got us covered. That he's got us covered. See what I've found out in life. This is what I've found out in life. And I'm not super old, but I'm not super young. I'm old enough to know better, but still too young to care. Ain't that that old country song? Anyway, God's still working on me. I'm just saying. But this is what I found out. So I've been lead pastoring for 9 years. I've been in a full-time ministry for eh, 13 or so years, okay? And this is what I've seen. There are many different people. And these many different people have many different problems some people have health problems other people have financial problems other people have have relationship problems while there are many other people who have all those problems i just listed and then many other problems like their problems have problems you know what i'm saying like they stack problems on top of each other this is this is life and such is life and so what i'm what i'm trying to say is this because in this life we will face not not we might face, not if we face, but we will face philipses of many kinds, struggles, tribulations, afflictions. Jesus uses this word to make sure he's telling all of us, I got you covered. I got all people covered all the time. I got breakthrough for everyone. Every situation that every single person ever deals with Jesus has breakthrough for it. So John 16, 33, he's he's saying this, man. In this life, you will face philipsies of many kinds, but take heart because I've overcome. Making it very clear to us, he's got us. That he's got us. We'll have hurts, we'll have pains. There will be heartache and heartbreak in this life. And because that is the truth, we need breakthrough in order to get through this life. You gotta have it. You gotta have breakthrough. And see, Jesus is saying this in this text. He's saying, don't worry, don't fret. Don't be fearful. Just like my wife said, that's my beautiful wife, by the way, that was talking. Don't drop the fear. Don't, don't keep the fear. This is what Jesus is saying. Don't be anxious. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith because I Because I've overcome it. I've overcome every single bit of it. I've overcome everything that this life will ever throw at you. I've overcome everything that will ever try to bind you. And because I've overcome it all, I have breakthrough for you all. It's awful quiet in here. It's amazing. This is amazing. This ain't even the tough part of the sermon yet. It's coming, though. It's coming. It's amazing. Listen to me. There there isn't a single situation. There isn't a single problem. There isn't a single affliction. There isn't a single addiction that Jesus can't break through. Not one. Not one. Not one. Not one. All of hell can break loose on you. The enemy can let loose any demon in hell he wants to let loose. And it won't matter because Jesus is greater. He is greater. See, we've got to realize that He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Not that He will be one day the King of Kings. No, right now, right here, He's seated upon the throne of heaven, right now, with all authority in His hands. Everything is under His feet, all power is His. And at His name, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and guess what? Underneath the earth. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So it don't matter what the enemy tries to throw at us. It can't keep us. Now, look, maybe, maybe you're thinking to yourself, sitting in your chair or sitting at home or wherever you are right now. And you're thinking, yeah, that sounds really great, pastor. Preacher man, sounds great. Of course you would say that. I mean, you're supposed to, you're, you're preaching the Bible. Like you're, you're supposed to say all these things and maybe you experienced that. But you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's been done to me. You, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the demons that I fight day in and day out. And if I was being super transparent, which I try to be, I'd say, you're right, I've got no clue. Huh. I don't know, but he knows. But Jesus knows. This is what he's revealing in John chapter 16, verse 33. In this life, you will face trials. You will face Philipses, but take heart because I've overcome. Come, I've overcome it. He's saying, I want you to know that I am your very present help in times of struggles. Hallelujah. I want you to know that I'll be your shelter in the storm. I'll do that for you. That I'll be your peace that surpasses all understanding. You won't even understand it, but you'll have peace right in the midst of whatever you're going through. This is the miracle of breakthrough. It's the miracle of breakthrough. Now, really quickly, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about something before we jump back into John chapter five. Because the Lord revealed a few things in John five that I wanna get to on this <clears throat> miracle of breakthrough. But, but first we gotta talk about breakthrough. Because what I've found is this, I've really found this quite a bit in people's lives is some people don't even realize they need breakthrough. They, they they don't even realize it and because they don't realize that they don't that they need breakthrough they don't realize that they're bound in the first place they don't even they don't even see it man and and so let's 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 talk about that just for a moment because Jesus says this in John chapter 8 verse 34 he says truly truly I say to you everyone say everyone everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin is bound to sin, everyone, everyone. Now look, the Bible defines sin in two concepts, two. There's a bunch of different things that make up the two concepts, a bunch of different actions and words and all that stuff, but it's two concepts. And one of the concepts is transgressions. To be a transgressor, it means to step across, to walk outside of the boundaries, to, to walk outside of the set limits. That's what it means to be a transgressor. So, so see, God has set boundaries for us, not against us. I think it's important for you to hear that. He set boundaries for us. It's not like he's, he's trying to, to box us in and keep us away from things that feel good to us. Or the things that we might like to do. And so he's saying, no, you can't go there because I know you'll like it. No, no, he's doing it so that those things can't bind us. Because hear me, the things that feel good to us at times, it may feel good in one season will be the very thing that binds you in the next season. I promise you that. Relationship, addictions, you name it. One season, it feels like it's great. The next season, you're bound to it. So, so God in his sovereignty and his goodness, he sets up boundaries that we're not to step across. You know, I I can remember this. I can remember when I was in school. It wasn't that long ago. I know what some of you are thinking. It wasn't that long ago. But I can remember, and I was a pretty good kid when I was young anyway, okay, when I was young. I got older, yeah, whatever. But, you, you know, I can remember when I would be in a classroom with a teacher that would set clear boundaries for me. I really did well in that environment. Not that I didn't press the boundaries. I mean, I walked right up to the line, maybe even dipped my toe across it a couple of times just to, just to see. But I actually did really well for the most part with school when the teacher set clear boundaries because then I knew what was expected of me. I knew what I could do and what I couldn't do. And there was a sense of security in that. Like, oh no, I, I got this. I'm good, man. I, I know exactly what they expect. But when a teacher would not Set the boundary for me, and I would come into class one day and I would do something because I'm testing the boundary. You ever heard that term? Like he's testing his boundaries. My son does it to us every day. Glory <laughs> to God! Ugh, oh, praise the Lord! I didn't know I'd have to reap everything I sowed, but but I would press the boundaries because we're trying to figure out how far can I go. That's who we are as human beings, by the way. This is what we do, it's just, it's just who we are, it, it's, it's, our, it's our nature, and so. I would press the boundaries and I can remember, you know, going into the classroom. I was literally in second grade. I remember it like it was yesterday. And this teacher didn't like to set boundaries. And so I'd go in one day and I would do something, come in the very next day, do the same thing. She laughed the day before she yelled at me that day. And I was so confused. I'm like, what in the world? I did that. And so it created all this chaos in my heart, all this confusion in my mind. I'm like, I don't know what you want, lady. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man, give me something. Praise God. Check one, two, three. Like, throw me a bone here. I got to know what you expect of me or I don't know what to give you. I don't know how far to go. See, if the right here is clear, if it's clear, then man, we operate better. And so God sets up these boundaries for us, not to hurt us or to, to harm us or to keep us from things. He sets it up so that we can, we can flourish in this life. See, he wants us to have life and life more abundantly. So he sets up these parameters and says, live in here because it's the best way to live. And if, and, if, and if we don't, if we don't do that, man, life becomes really confusing and chaotic. And that is the one One of the concepts of sin, transgression, to step across a boundary. The second concept to sin is sin, sin. In the Greek, this word means to miss the mark, to miss the mark. Permission to use a sports analogy, permission granted. Amen. I was going to give it to you whether you said yes or not. So just thought I would include you. Praise the Lord. So yeah, so sports, right? I love sports. What is the point of sports? It's to win. It's to win. All these people say, oh, just have fun. I'm like, get away from me. I'm here to win, dude. I don't care. Open gym, I'm going hard. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in the NBA. I'm game seven of the finals. I'm Kobe Bryant. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's on. But we'll use basketball because I love basketball. And your wrestlers in the house are saying, you pumpkin pusher. That's okay. The Lord rebuke you, but I forgive you, okay? But God will. God will. The vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. I don't know enough about wrestling to even talk about it, so sorry. So basketball, right? Basketball. The the mark is to win. Well, how do you win? You shoot baskets. Now, if you miss the basket, how many points do you get? It's not your question. How many? Zero. Nada. None. Right? In whatever language you want to say it. Zero is zero. You you don't get anything from it. you can't hit the mark, right? You can't win if you don't score. So if you're playing a game and, 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 and you keep missing the basket, but the other team keeps making the basket, guess what happens? You lose. You lose. Now the Tyrone Gold Eagle girls, man, they don't know nothing about that. Yesterday, they, they were on fire, Jack. I was like, yeah. Come on, somebody. Congratulations. They weren't going to the districts. So I'm excited for them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, give them a hand. I love it. <clears throat> They did amazing. It was fun to watch. Now, life is different than sports in this. In this. Our mark in life is to follow Christ. That's the mark. You're trying to live every day, all day, pursuing after the one who gave it all for you. That's, that's the mark we're trying to live and walk and have our being glorifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's our mark now. That's our mark. And see, God reveals the boundaries. He reveals the mark through his word and through the leading of the Holy Ghost. And we really need both. We really need both. And he reveals it. That's how it describes the two concepts of sins, the Bible, two concepts. Transgressions, step over the boundary. Sin, miss the mark. See, Jesus says in John chapter eight, verse 34, truly, 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 which the Greek word, if you've been here amount, amount of time, I did a Greek study one time on this, a word study. But that means in the Greek is amin, amin, which means which means this, there's a finality to what I'm about to tell you. There's no getting around it. There's no justifying it. It applies to everyone all the time across the board. You can't can't get away from it. That's what it means. Truly, 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 it's gonna happen. So, So just know that. And he says, anyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. It's just the way it is and there's no getting around it. See, if we continue to step across the boundaries, that God sets for us. If we are constantly living our life off the mark, not pursuing the mark, consistently living a life of sin, we will become a slave to sin. We will be bound by sin. It's just the way it happens. We'll become a slave to it. See, when you become a slave, you become bound. And the problem with that is the wages of sin is death. Ugh, that's the problem of being bound by sin. And living in sin. But because of this, we all need breakthrough in order to break away from sin. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, break away. Break away. See, the Bible says in Romans chapter three, verse 23, it's very clear that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us. So that means every single person in this place and watching online at one point in time in our lives have been a slave to sin. We've been bound by sin. And so we need a breakthrough in order to break away from the sin that has plagued our lives. All of us have. And so now we need the breakthrough power of Jesus to come upon us. For us to realize it, receive it, and walk in it. Now, now, let me say this. I think it's important for us to know this. Is sometimes we need a breakthrough not because of our sin that we've committed. Like, I'll give you a for instance. So most of the time, it isn't a result of our sin that a sickness comes upon us. I would argue that it's never a result of that, but that's, that's a different debate. But I will say, it's, if we got a health issue, it's not a result of our sin, but it is a result of sin. See, sin is what ushered in disease, death, and sickness. Sin did that, not ours. But even though it wasn't ours, we still need breakthrough for something someone else did. When Adam sinned in the garden, here came death, here came sickness, here came disease. None of it existed before that. God had everything perfect, but then same, sin came in. But, I've, but I've, I've got good news, good news for you today. Jesus has overcome that as well. He gives freedom from that, breakthrough from that as well. We may face trials of, of many kinds, right? Meaning we're gonna have to have breakthrough. For not only what we have done, but for what others have done. We'll need breakthrough from that, but take heart because Jesus is overcome. Amen. Because he's overcome. The miracle of breakthrough. See, we, we need breakthrough so that we can break away from the sin that so easily entangles us. And in John chapter five, you guys with me? Tell your neighbor he's going somewhere. Buy myself some time so I can get a drink. Praise the Lord. John chapter five. We're gonna read it again just so we can refresh our memory because it's been 35 minutes since I started talking. Praise God. So John chapter five, it says this. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there is a pool, which in Hebrew is called Bethsaida, having five Porticos, verse three says, right here. Someone shout right right here. Right here lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, limping, or paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the waters. Verse four says, for an angel of the Lord would come down at a certain season into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. Verse 5 says, now a man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Jesus, upon seeing this man lying there and knowing that he had already been in that condition for a long time, said to him, do you want to get well? Do you want to change? Do, Do you want breakthrough? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down in front of me. Jesus says to him, you get up. Come on, look at your neighbor say, you get up. Yeah. You get up, pick up your pallet and walk. It says, immediately the man was healed, that he began to walk. He picked up his pallet and began to walk. See, verse three says, says right here. It, it marks a spot. It marks a moment. It marks an area off. Right, right here. And in verse three, it's saying right here at this, under the five porticos, underneath the five porches, by the pool of Bethsaida, right here in this area lay all the sick people. Symbolizing that everybody knows why they're there. They all came there for a reason. We're, we're right here because we need change. We need to be healed. We need breakthrough. See, right here lay those who, who are sick, who are hurting, who need breakthrough. Right, right here lays, lays those that are struggling in their marriages. Right here lays, lays those who are bound by sin right here. And you know, I was thinking about that, right? I was thinking about that because God kept like, it was popping off the page at me. I was like, yeah, okay, Lord. All right. And as I was studying and thinking, the Lord started revealing, he was like, that's exactly what the church looks like. It's exactly what the church is filled with right here in this building right here. It's all of us. We're all seated here. We're not laying down, We could, I guess, but but we're sitting here, right here. And all of us need a form of breakthrough. I don't care how holy you think you are, how righteous you would say you've been, you still need breakthrough. Because see, the Bible says he's taking us from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. You'll never reach the fullness. Paul, the apostle Paul, if he didn't reach it, sorry, either of you. But the apostle Paul was like, man, not that I have achieved all that God has for me. But the one thing I do do, man, I forget what lies behind me. And I press toward the high call that I have in Christ heavenward. Amen. But this is filled. This is what the church is, is filled with. See, 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 some people are here, right here today, and they need a healing. They need a healing in their body. Some of us are, are right here and we're struggling with some form of addiction, whether that's alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography, Whatever, whatever that is. Some of us are here and we're struggling with our, with our identity, who we are, what God created us for. Some of us are struggling in our finances and in our marriages. See, see we're all right here, but we, we all need breakthrough. But here's the, the interesting thing. A lot of us don't even realize we need breakthrough, while there's multiple others of us that really don't even want breakthrough. We we really don't want breakthrough. We, We come in the church week in and week out, and then we leave, right? We come in, we hear the three songs, we hear the message being preached, and then we leave the same way that we came in. The exact same way, same bondage, same everything, bound. But, but we're right here, though. We're right here, God. Some of us even come in and we serve right here, which we're so grateful for you serving, by the way. But, you, but, but we serve here, right? We help with the children's ministry. We, we're signed up to a small group. We're, we're, we're gonna get baptized. And, 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 and we help in the cafe and we do morning devotionals every single morning. But yet we still struggle with the same old garbage that we've always struggled with always. And so the question has to be asked, do I actually even want to change? Do I even want to change? See, none of us have the problem or an issue. We don't have an issue telling someone else how they need to change, do we? For real. Like we can look at people right now like, hey, that word is for him over there. Hey, sister, it's for him. Like, yeah, that right there, she needed that word. Woo, <laughs> hallelujah, Shaba. Like, we got no problem pointing out someone else's need for change. It's so true. We're like, yep, God, my marriage is a wreck. My marriage is a wreck. Gotta change my wife. <laughs> she's not submitting to me. That's the problem. Like she's not submitting to me. And the Bible says, God, so change her heart. God changed my husband. Oh, he's got a bad attitude. You got it. You got to do it, Lord. You got to do it. We don't care to point out other people's change. God, I, 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 you know what? My finances are a mess, so I need a raise. Change my boss's heart. Bam! In Jesus' name, right? We we put the Jesus name on it, man. We woo, We think it's Christian. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, God. If you're not gonna change my boss's heart, then change my job. I need more money. I need more money. Failing to realize the whole time we're late to work twice a week. We're the first ones to leave, the last one to show up, never helping out. We're just doing just enough just to keep the job, let alone get a raise. But that's not our problem. God changed them. This is what we do. This is what we do. And so each of us as individuals, first and foremost, got to make the decision. We've got to make our own decision. You and I have to declare right here right here i will receive my breakthrough in jesus name right here i want to change i'll do it right here god right here and you know it's funny to me because in verse six right it's really funny because in verse six jesus the very first thing jesus says is he asks a question do you want to get well Like, what do you mean? Like, when I first read this, I was like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Of course he does, right? There's all the sick people. So if he's with all the sick people, that means he wants healed, right? That makes sense to me. Showing us that just because you're right here doesn't mean you're here because you want changed. That's what it means. Do you want to get well? The guy says, sir, at least he's respectful. You know what I'm saying? Like he's respectful, at least. I guess that's nice. Sir, I have no man, no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, someone else steps down before me. Isn't this exactly how we do, God? We need breakthrough. And maybe even even we know it. We we might even know we need to change. But it's just easier to point at everybody else. It's their fault. It's everybody else's. It's, It's really easy to do that. We know we need to change. God's telling us, like, hey, you know, you ought to be nicer to your neighbor because you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. You're being really rude to your neighbor. Well, God, I would change that and treat my neighbor better, but his dog keeps crapping in my yard. I don't like that. So, God, you got to change that. That's, that's his problem. The reason I can't change because of him. Hey, so real. It's exactly what we do. God, you know, I would stop drinking. I would stop drinking, but my job's just too overwhelming. I just... It's what helps me sleep. God, it's what kind of calms my nerves. So I would stop drinking, but my job's overwhelming. You know, I would start going to church, but you know, what's the only day I get to sleep in? So, you know, what I mean, like, I'm really busy. And so, yeah, uh, I would go to church though, if, right, we give all these butts to God. All kinds of excuses, all kinds of buts. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about this. So my kids, right, I'll call them in and, and I've just told them to do something, right? And I'll say to them, did you go do whatever? Did you go clean your room? And all I'm looking for is a yes or a no. Did you go do it? And boy, they give me all kinds of other stuff. Like, well, dad, da 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 But daddy, I love you, da-da-da-da-da, right? Here, dad, I wanna kiss. That's why I came in here, dad. No, I called you in here for a reason, boy. You know what I mean, like, but he gives me all oh, I mean Abishai's great at it. He's amazing. I'm like, oh my god, son. And literally what I'm sitting there thinking while he's talking is I didn't ask you all of that. I asked you, did you or didn't you? Yes or no, boy. This is how we treat God. That's how we treat him. He says, Do you want to get well? Well huh. Well, well, Lord, you see, we give all these butts, all these excuses. And you know, he's got to be saying, I didn't ask you for all of that. I asked you a simple question. Do you want breakthrough? Do you want to change or not? This man gives all this, this stuff and he's pointing at other people. Do you know what else we see in his response to Jesus? We see that not only is he blaming others for his situation, but he's also begging God for breakthrough. That's also in there. I'll show you. So towards the end of it, he says, when the water stirred, someone else comes up. He's referring to verse four of the context and John five, verse four, he's referring to that where the angel of the Lord comes down and stirs the water and whoever gets into it first, first is healed. That's what it says, right? That's what verse four tells us, which by the way, represents religion. Did you know that? Religion tells it's, it's whoever's the greatest will be first. Who, whoever has the most money, whoever looks the best, whoever has the most credentials after their name, they're the ones that are first. But see, when Jesus came, he introduced something different. He introduced grace, relationship. Now the first shall be what? Last, and the last shall be first. Amen. It don't matter how much money you're going to put into the offering plate. It ain't going to get you a better blessing. But that's the way this acted, right? That's what they were under at that time, their limited knowledge of God. The angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the water and whoever got into it first would receive their healing. And this is what the man brings up to Jesus. And this is what he's saying there. He's saying this, I would change, I would receive my breakthrough, but I need a heavenly angel to come do it for me. That's what he's saying. I mean, I would, I would take the healing, God. I'd take the breakthrough, but I need, I need the heavens to crack open and you to come and do it for me. Isn't this exactly how we treat God? God? God, I'd love to have breakthrough, right? I know I need it, right? Now we know we need it. So now we're talking to him because we know we need it. God, I, I need breakthrough in this part of my life. I have an addiction and I don't want the addiction anymore. But you know what? I'm gonna wait on you to come do it. I'm going to need you to come down and do it instead of realizing there are plenty of faith-based facilities that help you on your way. When the Lord took drugs, heroin away from me, I went for three years into a program because I wasn't going back to that junk again. Our marriages are a wreck. They're a wreck. And we're saying, God, you know what? I know they're a wreck, but I'm going to wait till you send an angel down to stir the water, to stir the flame of love and passion in my marriage. I'm going to wait till you send the angel down. Even though the church I attend has an incredible marriage ministry that we've witnessed people's, couples' lives be transformed by the power of the love of God in their life. Where God became the third strand that bind them together. They were getting ready to be divorced multiple times and God restored it. The whole whole ministry is built off of restoring God to the marriage. It becoming the core of us as partners and as one. Even though my church has that, that's just not my thing, right? It's not my thing. It's out of my comfort zone. It's not my personality. So God, I'm gonna need you to leave heaven. Come and do it. Send an angel. Send an angel. Stir the water. This is how we treat God. But look at Jesus' response to this man. After he gives him all that, blaming others and saying, I'm waiting for God, which sounds really, really spiritual. Jesus says, you get up. You get, I didn't ask you all that. You get up. You pick up your mat. You do it. See, while, while we are busy blaming others, And begging god for breakthrough he's busy saying to you you get up you do it you get up and and here here's the truth here's the truth you're taking notes write this down if you're not get your phones out and type it in i promise you it will help you i promise you we don't have to beg god for something he's already bought and purchased on our behalf It's already yours. Freedom is yours. Breakthrough is yours. Healing is yours. This is what the Bible teaches us. It's yours. We don't got to beg him for what Jesus already purchased for us. You don't have to beg him. Just like you don't have to beg your boss for a paycheck for the work you already did. Nope, you show up. It's your paycheck. You take it. You go cash it. And you you use it for whatever you want to use it for. See, the cross at Calvary paid the ultimate price. Completely wiped away the debt. Completely set the captive free. Luke 4. Completely set the captive free. John chapter 8, Jesus reminds us, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Make you free. You ain't got to beg for it. You don't got to wish upon a star for it. It's yours. It will make you free if you receive it. Because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Nobody can take it. Nobody can keep you from it. No angel in heaven needs to bring it. Heaven already came and already bought it for us. It's a miracle, a breakthrough, man. And it's incredible. And no, I'm not yelling at you because I'm angry. I'm excited. This is what God has done for us. This is what he's done. See, we got to stop looking for others to do it. we got to stop begging heaven to come do it. Heaven already came and done it. It's done. Jesus said on the cross at Calvary, it is finished. The enemy and all of his schemes and all of his sin that binds and easily entangles, all of it's been defeated if you receive me and walk with me. See, this thing is not by works. It's by grace through faith. It's by grace through faith. If we find ourselves needing freedom, we need to check our our faith level. I promise you. We need to check where is our faith at? Where is it at? Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell a mountain to move from there to here. And it has to obey you because there'll be nothing that will be impossible for you. Nothing. You get up. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever think, ask, or imagine according to the power at work within you. You know, we've treated these verses like cliches that we put on t-shirts and walk around smiling with them on. Like, oh, that feels so nice. We, we put them on, we put them on these, 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 these coffee mugs so it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. But I gotta be honest with you. That whole text about the, the, the size of a mustard seed doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. It's an indictment against me. So you mean to tell me, God, that if I had faith just a tiny bit, I could do anything? There's nothing impossible? Nothing? That's what I'm telling you. That's the word. But yet I find myself bound. By so many things, dealing with depression, anxiety, frustration, all of this garbage. Jesus said you had the size of a mustard seed. Jesus goes at the disciples really hard. He says this. He says, oh ye a little faith, how much longer? How much longer do I got to deal with you over and over again? How much longer? Oh ye a little faith. Do you know why he's so hard on them about faith and their level of ex- expectation? of God and their level of faith. I'll tell you why. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Jesus says, when I return at the end, will I find any faith at all? Will I find any on the earth? This is why he's so tough on faith. Telling us to get our faith up. Get our faith levels up. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. With with faith, nothing is impossible. Oh, so good. So good. The lame man in this story, he didn't need the water in the pool of Bethesda. Didn't need it. Didn't need to get in that pool of water. Do you know why? The living water was standing right in front of him. He was standing right in front of him. See, we don't got to wait on others. We don't got to beg heaven. The living water already came. The living water is to live within us, filling every part of us. It will become like a spring welling up to eternal life. Jesus, the miracle, the miracle of breakthrough, you get up. Jesus is saying to you, you get up. Stop pointing at the reasons it can't happen and start pointing to the one that can make it happen. Who's already done it on your behalf. Walk in it, receive it. In Jesus' name. I'm so sick of the enemy lying to us and beating us up with all this garbage and nonsense. God, increase our faith. Give us faith the size of a mustard seed so that we can tell mountains to get the heck out of the way. I got stuff to do. Come on, stand to your feet. So listen, we're going to open up the altars and I'm going to open up the altars. The reason we open the altars whenever we can is because the altar symbolizes breakthrough. It symbolizes an encounter with God. That's what it is. Every time a, a, a person that loved God encountered God, he built an altar to God. And so this is why we, we say we're going to open the altars. And I've got people here that are filled with faith, filled with faith. They've seen God move in ways that are just incredible. And man, if you need prayer for anything, man, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you, pray with you, believe with you. You know, the apostle, the apostle Paul tells Timothy this. He says, man, fan into flame the gifts that have been given to you by the impartation of the laying on of hands. So when someone experiences something with God, they can impart it to other people. That's what it's saying. That's what it's saying. And man, I'm telling you, I'm believing for breakthrough today in everybody's life, in my own life, in your life, in your family's life. Generational curses be gone. In Jesus' name. Mm. I can feel the presence of God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your spirit. Jesus, I thank you. We don't have to beg for it. You already done it for us. spirit of the living God fall, fall fresh on us. I pray your spirit, God, would overwhelm each and every person's heart right here in this moment. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for hard hearts to be softened in Jesus' name. I pray for addictions to be removed in Jesus' name. We bind any voice that tries to set itself up against the knowledge of God in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray as we step out in faith, coming to the altar, as we step out in faith, I pray, God, you would meet us with faith, that you would meet us with breakthrough. Something has to break in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, worship team, let's go.